You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. We are in for a treat today as I welcome in my guest who I've had on my bucket list for uh, nearly two years since I created this podcast. He is none other than one Michael Albrecht, better known to us as Spike Albrecht. Spike, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Adam, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, this, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time, so I'm thankful to, for you to give me some of your time to talk today. Well, I, I, I tease off the top, uh, given your full name. When's the last time someone's actually called you Michael or Mike? Oh, you know what? <laughs> uh, my, my grandpa, he always called me Mike growing up before he passed away. Um, so my grandpa and then my mom will call me Michael if she's mad at me. <laughs> but, uh, hopefully that's that's not too often. So, you know, it's it's still spike to most of the world. Yeah. Awesome. Well, for those who don't know, how how that name uh, that nickname come about? So I got I got the nickname when I was about five years old. Um, growing up, baseball is my favorite sport. Uh, I got my first pair of baseball spikes for my fifth birthday. And uh, I just I wore them everywhere, man. Like I love baseball. I wore them to school. I wore them to church, out to eat, to the Little League field. Um, and people just started calling me Spike. I don't know who it was, like who, who was the first one to do it. But 28 years old, man, people still call me Spike. So it stuck. That's awesome. I love it. And yeah, you mentioned you mentioned baseball. A, a mutual friend of ours, Andy Koval, who I used to work with here, and he went to Crown Point High School with you. We talked, he said you were a great baseball player and surprised you didn't go that route over basketball. You know what? I probably should have stuck with it. I was, my body's a little, little bit more made for baseball. Um, but it was just too slow for me, man. I, I love basketball. Um, you know, baseball is just too slow. Unless the ball was getting hit to me, there was, there was days I wouldn't even touch the baseball. I was like, this stinks. Like basketball, I always got the ball. I can go make plays. It was a lot more fun. That's awesome. Right on. Well, uh, you know, I, been looking forward to talking to you for a long time because I feel like we have a lot in common where we're from, uh, Michigan and Purdue, you know, yeah. So I've been looking forward to this conversation. I want to kind of, before we jump into a lot of those things, uh, kind of catch us up uh, what you've been up to since you uh, graduated Purdue. Yeah, so I went into the corporate world for a few years. Um, I was doing pharmaceutical sales and medical sales, um, kind of trying to figure out, you know, what, what I wanted to do, what, what my passion was. Um, got back into coaching about a year ago. A little over a year ago, I went back to my prep school I played at, um, Northfield, Mount Hermon, out on the East Coast. I was an assistant there. Um, and now I'm running my own training business here in Northwest Indiana, uh, back in Crown Point. Um, I'm still keeping all my options open. I'd love to get back into the college game if, if the right opportunity presented itself. Um, but if not, hey, like I, I'm, I love what I'm doing. I'm working with kids, helping um, the future generation of hoopers and trying to pass on my knowledge and, and passion for the game. That's awesome. You mentioned back in the region where we're both. Yeah, from. buddy. I'm a Hobart guy. You're a Crown Point guy. Bricky. You're a Bricky. Yes. Yes. The region. <laughs> so uh, talk about you. Obviously, you grew up in the Crown Point area. Talk about what you did uh, growing up. Where was the hangout spots for you? Oh, man. You know, I was kind of this sounds this sounds sad, but I was kind of a loner growing up, man. I was I love sports. So all I did was, was basketball, baseball. Um, I played outside a lot, had two older brothers. Um, I didn't get into too much trouble, do a lot of crazy stuff, but one cool thing here in Crown Point that we do have is, is the downtown square. Um, I know you're familiar with that, but, um, that was kind of the hangout spot after school and middle school, you'd ride your bike, bike up to the square, hang out and, you know, try not to get in trouble. But, um, most of the time I was playing sports, man, playing outside, running around, trying to stay active. 
Um, that's a tough type of stuff I enjoy doing. You know, I'm not someone who likes to sit inside playing video games and whatnot. Um, so, you know, I, I enjoy getting outside, doing something, some sort of exercise or some more athletic com- competition or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't make my way over to Crown Point a whole lot, but the square was awesome. And then I was a cross country runner in high school. So Lemon Lake was Ooh. the only place we would be a lot uh, for yeah. uh, races. And I, I love Lemon Lake was a really cool place as well. Sure. Awesome. Of course, I mean, I don't know how big of a spot it was you growing up, but Deep River Water Park was the other the go-to spot. <laughs> right there <laughs> off 30. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, talk about you. You obviously played at Crown Point High School, and then you did the year at prep school, as you mentioned. And talk about how you ended up at, at Michigan. Yeah, so I uh, I was out at North Mount Herman Prep School. Like I said, I did a PG year there. Um, knew I wanted to play Division One basketball. And just wasn't drawing a lot of interest. You know, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, my size and stature. People, I don't necessarily look like a basketball player per se. Um, but went out there to gain a little more exposure and playing one of like the elite high school prep conferences. Um, our team was doing really well. I was having success. Um, and the, the, the way in which Michigan came on was crazy. It was really fast. Um, it was at the end of their season, like March or April. Trey Burke was looking at going towards the NBA. Um, and leaving after his freshman year, which no one had predicted. He wasn't expected to be a one and done. So, you know, they thought he was going to be at least a two, three year guy. Um, so they didn't have any backup point guards on the roster. And so they were kind of in panic mode, like, holy, holy smokes, who's the next PG going to be here? Um, it just so happened that I played on the same AAU team with Mitch McGarry and Glenn Robinson, who were both committed to Michigan. Um, so my AAU coach reached out to Coach Beeline and was like, hey, like, I know what's going on with Trey. Like, I've, I've got a guy. Like, he's not – he may not look like much, but you should come out and, you know, you should give him a chance. Like, I think he's perfect for your system and what you're trying to do. Um, so, Coach B – actually, an assistant came out first, watched me play. Coach Beeline came and watched me, and I happened to just be playing really, really well. Um, and then Michigan goes on. They lose in the NCAA tournament first round versus Ohio. Um, which sucked, but at the time it was good for me. It was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get an answer like quicker, you know? And I was scrambling. I only had one other offer Appalachian state. Um, but it's funny. Cause I remember when my prep school coach was like, Hey, I got a strange call today. He goes, uh, Michigan. And I was like, university of Michigan. You know, I was like, I would have taken like Michigan tech at that time. It was like, <laughs> nobody was calling. Um, but coach B was super cool. And the, the recruiting process moved really fast because they needed a point guard and it was really late. Um, went on my visit, coach B offered me on my visit. I accepted on the spot in his living room and, uh, the rest is history, man. That's awesome. And you were part of a, a, a historic recruiting class, really with Mitch, as you mentioned, and Glenn also throwing in Nick Stauskas and then Karis Levert, which also has a unique story of how he ended up there because Ohio who beat Michigan, you know, their coach yeah. Roshi goes on that run and then he gets a new job and Levert all of a sudden is left out to dry. And he ends up in that recruiting class too. It's yeah. just, Talk He's about the best out of all of them now, too. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's it's been awesome just to watch those guys, all you guys, at, you know, that class. It was just incredible. And, you know, anybody who knows me, is that's it, going to obviously come out in this episode. You know, long before, I bleed black and gold. Yeah. But uh, growing up before Purdue was in the picture, a diehard Michigan fan. Uh, started watching college sports around 10 years old, around uh, early 90s. And so Fab Five and Desmond, Desmond Howard at Michigan. So I, I jumped on the Michigan thing then. And so they've always had a, a place in my heart. And so, you know, watching that class come in and see Beeline, you know, turn that program around. And you come in a part of this class, Burke stays, 
you guys make this incredible run your freshman year. Talk about that run through the season in the tournament. Yeah, it was special. Um, it was really special, man. And, and, and we knew we had something from the first day we stepped on campus. Um, and I had been around a lot of basketball and had played with and against some really good players. And you could just tell after the first week, um, you, you just had a sense that, that we were going to be really good. You know, I didn't know, you know, national championship get good or whatever, but from day one, we stepped on campus every time we broke it down and you come in and say, what, you know, whatever family on three, this and that, like we were saying national champs on three. Um, and I was, you know, a couple of weeks go by and you're like, okay, now we're into the season. We start off non-conference, I think 13 and 0, we didn't lose a game in non-conference. And uh, I just remember talking. So Stauskas was my roommate and I just remember talking to him. I was like, dude, we may not lose a game. I was like, this conference, or I was like, this college basketball thing ain't too bad, you know? <laughs> and then we go to Ohio state, our first like real tough road game and they go up 28 to five on us. And it was like, okay, brought us back to reality real quick. Um, but it's just, it's, you know, it was, it was crazy. The amount of talent we had on that team, you know, six, seven first round picks. Um, you just knew we had a chance to, to make a run at it. And, um, you know, we had some luck here and there and had some, some breaks our way, obviously Trey shot versus Kansas. Um, but we were really, really good. And, you know, to get, to get all the way to Monday night and play in a national championship game as a freshman, um, was a surreal experience and something, you know, we'll, we'll all never forget. Yeah. I remember you guys were what a, a Jordan Morgan roll off the rim from mm. the big 10 champs that year. Telling all the way to a four seed too, right. If I, if I remember correctly. And I remember being so disappointed about that. And I was like, you know what, they got to prove it anyway. You got to beat what five teams anyway and make that yep. run. So it worked out. <laughs> it did. No, but that's, that's the thing, man. People don't realize we were a four seed in the tournament that year. Right. Yeah. Um, we were number one in the country at one point, like halfway through the year, and we got a four seed. But the rails did kind of fall off a little bit at the end of the year. We stumbled and we kind of slid. Um, you know, the other thing people don't realize how good the Big Ten was that year. We finished fifth in the Big Ten, right? JMO's tip, if that goes in, we tie for first. It goes out and we finish fifth. It's like yeah. goes to show you how good the Big Ten was, how competitive the league was. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Amazing run. You know, I texted you last night because the Big Ten Network was playing – that, that special, the elite special yeah. followed by the Kansas game. And, you know, that goes down as one of my probably favorite all-time college basketball <clears throat> games of all time. Just, I remember my good friend, Rodney Frederick, uh, who I'll shout out his name on this too. We are, he's a Michigan fan. I go to church with and play basketball with, we, we watched a couple games in that tournament. We, and he came over to my house and we watched that Kansas game. Of course, that was back when, before the TV deal. So if you weren't in the region that CBS just chose oh. a game, you had to watch it online. And so we found a stream of it and we're watching that. But of course the TV, you know, is ahead of your stream. Oh, yeah. So we were trying not to watch the score on the bottom line. Yeah. I was so discouraged about how, I think you guys are down, what, 12 with two, a little over two minutes to go or something like that. Like 212, 215 left. Yeah. And we're like, oh man. And then I just remember me and Rodney just going nuts as the comeback happened. And then when, um, when Trey hits that shot from, it seemed like 50 feet and it was yeah. know, 30 feet or whatever, it was just, we were screaming. It was awesome. And then, I, of course, I went over to his house to watch the national championship game, and we watched you go off for, what, 18 first-half points, and we are just losing our stinking minds watching this game. <laughs> Run me, you know, walk us through what's going through your mind as this game's going on, because, of course, you get in because Trey gets two fouls, and all mm -hmm. of a sudden, Beeline's calling your name to play most of the rest of the first half. Yeah, you know, um, 
like just first and foremost, just as a competitor, like I'm out there, I'm not even thinking about what's going on. I'm just trying to do, do whatever I can to help the team win, whether it's, you know, score, assist, you know, dive on a loose ball, whatever it is. Um, but once Trey got his second foul, I, I definitely, cause I know, I know coach Beeline and how he operates. I knew I was going to be in there. So, um, you know, I, I kind of had to shift the way I play or my mindset, knowing that I was going to be in there for the next, you know, 12, 13 minutes. Um, but I just knew I had to be aggressive, you know, and whether it was me scoring and I was just taking what the defense was giving me, trying to make plays. Um, but I always tell myself, especially in big games, you know, something that really helps me like ease the nerves and prepare for that moment is, is just go out there, be aggressive, you know, trust your skills and the work you've put in, you know, and I can live with the end result. You know, what I can't do is go, what I can't live with is go out there second guessing myself, you know, making turnovers because I'm scared. You know, I think a lot of people get nervous in big moments and, and they're hesitant and, and afraid to make mistakes. Like basketball is not a game of perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Um, and if you can live with it, you know, that, I mean, the worst thing that could happen is we, you know, we lose that game or whatever. There's a lot bigger things going on. So at the end of the day, it's just a basketball game. So um, I want to go out there, play hard, be aggressive and, and do what I could to help my team. Of course, so close to winning. And you could argue, mm. uh, argue to this day that the block was clean. And, you know, who knows what momentum that changed. It doesn't guarantee you guys win the game, but it For definitely sure. changed momentum. I think they're so close. And, you know, and then of course now years later, that title gets taken away from Louisville. Again, yeah. change the fact of the final score, but I still like to say you guys are the uh, de facto champs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's how it works. Right. Um, we don't have the ring, we don't have the ring or the banner to show for it. But it was it was a great game. I will say that, man. Both teams we played hard and and they were obviously super talented, being the number one overall seed. But we gave them everything we could. It was a great game. Obviously, some highs there at Michigan. Unfortunately, a couple lows at least for you guys too. I know you guys had a, a down season, I think, in there, and then. Unfortunately, you got you struggle with some uh, the hip injury, and you know I had a hip injury in high school, and it was you know I know how that felt, but yours had to be probably twenty times worse than I ever experienced. So talk, kind of walk us through that, you know how you went from this high, and then you, and then you deal with this hip injury and have to make some tough choices at Michigan. Yeah, it was it was tough, and even even before that, you know we go from playing a championship, winning the Big Ten, you know back in the Elite Eight. To my junior year, we missed a tournament. We didn't even make the NIT. So that was that was a mental struggle for all of us. Um, but then expecting to bounce back, have a great senior year. I had hip surgery between my junior senior years and was hoping would be back in time to play. Um, but I had bilateral surgeries, torn labrums, fractured hips. Um, and, and ultimately just the, the recovery wasn't, you know, what what we were expecting. Um and I think basketball, it was a little bit newer back then, you know, to, it wasn't as common in basketball with all the running and cutting and jumping. Um, so it just took me a lot longer. And I, I kind of made the decision like, Hey, I don't want to, you know, miss three, three fourths of my senior season, um, you know, and try to go out there and play not a hundred percent knowing that I would get the red shirt, red shirt, senior year, medical red shirt, excuse me. Um, so that's what I decided to do. You know, I wanted to finish my career on my own terms. Um, especially when you give, you know, shoot, 20 years, you know, 20 years of your life to the game of basketball. I figured I owed it to myself to, to go out and finish on my own terms. Um, and ultimately, it led me to Purdue. You know, I know that was tough um, at the time, you know, coming from Big Ten to Big Ten. Um, it's obviously changing now. You know, people are transferring left and right. Um, but being from Indiana, um, it made the perfect sense. Coach, Coach Painter and his system, 
Um, the Purdue family, they were unbelievable to me just in my one year there. Um, don't have, you know, don't have enough good things to say about Coach Payton and everybody else there that I met along the way. Awesome. Yeah, I want to jump into Purdue here more in a minute before we do that real quick. Can you kind of walk us through from an outsider perspective? Because, you know, as a, obviously as a, a Purdue guy, but a, a Michigan fan myself too, and a guy who loves John Beeline and probably yeah. my favorite basketball coach of all time, um, behind Painter, of course. Um, Walk me through that because you redshirt and, you know, from the outside perspective, it's like, okay, well, Spike will come back for a fifth year and join the next year's squad. And I know there's a scholarship issue in there, but, you know, from the outside perspective, it's like, well, why wouldn't it be line make room for, for Spike Albrecht to play another year? That, walk us through that process. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and, and honestly, um, I was I was a little frustrated by that. And I think both me and Coach Beeline kind of, we kind of butted heads a little bit on that. And um, you know, cause I just assumed I would for sure be back, um, knowing what I have given to the program and what I'd done. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a business, you know, it's a business. They still had Derek Walton. Um, they had Xavier Simpson coming in and, and who knows if, if he brings me back, um, which, which I have no doubt. I, I'm sure coach Beeline wanted to have me back in some capacity. Just, I mean, I think just for like the locker room guy and leadership aspect alone, but you know, who knows if I come back, maybe Xavier Simpson's thinking about transferring. Now you lose him for the next four years. So, um, you know, and there was definitely a scholarship issue. Don't get me wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I felt like, you know, they did what they had to do in their best interest. So I got to do what I got to do yeah. in my best interest. And it worked out great for both of us. You know, I went on to Purdue, we won a big 10 championship and they beat us twice. So <laughs> I'm sure they were happy about it. I was happy about it. It was all good. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I was going to say, you know, when that, when that, when it came down and it looked like you weren't going to be returning, you know, immediately I'm saying, I mean, you know, I'm telling my Purdue friends because I watched Michigan. I was like, well, we got to get Spike. Spike's got to come Purdue. Spike's got to come to Purdue. Of course, I never thought it was actually going to really happen. And then yeah. lo and behold, you do end up at Purdue and just, yeah, kind of just walk us through that process. Then how that worked. Does that does paint reach out to you? Do you reach out to Purdue? How does that work? Yeah. So, um, you know what, once I knew I wasn't coming back to Michigan and, and coach, because other schools were hitting me up, other schools were able to hit me up. I heard from a lot of different schools. Um, but once like coach Beeline basically gave me the blessing or whatever it was, however it worked that I could go to big 10 schools or whatever, Purdue was the first school to reach out. Um, I think it was, it was coach paint, but it was also coach Brantley. I got to show some love to coach Brantley. He's a region guy being from Andrean. Yeah. Um, so he was, he was recruiting me hard. Um, and so for me, like I, I knew I wanted to go somewhere in my fifth year that was on par with Michigan in terms of like doing things the right way, a first class program, which, you know, obviously Michigan and coach Beeline were great, but I knew, I knew Purdue was as well. I heard a lot of great things about paint. Um, and I also knew we had a chance to win, you know, that was big. I was like, Hey, I want to compete for championships. I want to be back in the NCAA tournament. I'm not trying to be the man on a crappy team, you know, like I want to, I want to go somewhere and compete and have a chance to win some championships. Um, so coach paint was awesome. Like he was, he was cool as heck recruiting me. I just felt like he was a great dude. He was funny as heck. Um, but he was just also super honest and upfront about, yeah. you know, me and my role and everything like that. Um, so, you know, I felt like it was just, it was a win-win, especially being from Indiana. Um, I, I love having my family being able to come watch games. So um, it was the only visit I took. I had other schools recruiting me, but, once I went and visited, talked with paint and the staff, met the guys, you know, a big selling point for me, I tell people all the time is like, 
uh, PJ Thompson was a starting point guard and, and Payne's bringing me in basically telling PJ like, Hey, you and Spike are going to be competing for this spot, you know, and, and a lot of guys would have not taken that well, especially 21, 22 year old kids. I mean, I've seen it, you know, I was a little bit older. I was a little bit more mature, um, but PJ was great. Handled it like a pro. He was awesome to me on my official visit when he could have just like gave me the cold shoulder and tried to sway me from coming there. Um, PJ welcomed me with open arms and like, it's like, hey, man, we need you here. Like, I need another guard to run with, handle the ball, stuff like that. Um, so when I got those types of vibes from the players, I knew Purdue was a place for me. That's awesome. And PJ is great. He was one of my one of my first guests on this podcast way back two years ago. So PJ, love P. That's awesome. Pee-wee. He's the man. Well, that's awesome. It was a great experience. Well, obviously worked out. Like you mentioned, you got the, the Big Ten title out of it and a trip to the Sweet 16. It's talk about, yeah, just your time. You know, you play for two coaches who, like, like I said, are my top two coaches of all time. Um, and different styles, but both class acts who, you know, I'm proud of, you know, that run a clean program and do things the right way. And just talk about playing for those two guys. Yeah. I mean, just an unbelievable experience, you know, how, how many, you know, two hall of fame coaches, how many guys can say that they played for John Beeline and Matt Painter, yeah. um, you know, and the fact that I got a degree from both Michigan and Purdue um, that's, that's icing on the cake right there. But uh, you know, both great dudes, you know, very different in, in terms of their style. You know, I feel like Coach Beeline, um, much more offensive-minded and, like, X's and O's and scheming. You know, he's, he's like, I, I describe him as, as an offensive savant. Um, you know, he's insane. Um, but, but Coach Payne's awesome in, in other areas, too, you know. And he's, he's tough. He's hard-nosed, defensive-minded. Um, I feel like his players love him. They play hard for him. You know, I was there with him for one year. Um, but I feel like I have a great relationship with him just because of the way in which he treats his guys. You know, I felt like I was family from the day, from the first day I stepped on campus. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned interest in going back and coaching. Would you be interested in doing like what PJ and Grady are doing and doing that, the uh, undergrad coaching, whatever it's called, grad coaching and kind of starting that route or are you thinking something that, else? That would be one of the opportunities that would bring me back in. Yeah, there's there's not many in uh, <laughs> Michigan and Purdue are probably the only two places I would uh, I would consider to go back in. Yeah, you mentioned Michigan, too, and that'd be under, obviously, a different coach at this point. Were you shocked when Beeline left for Cleveland? You know what? I wasn't shocked that he left for the NBA. Um, I was shocked by the timing, just because, I, you know. But Coach Beeline always plays everything close to his chest. There's no, like, leakage. No one knows. And then, boom, he's gone. Yeah. Um, but I had heard rumblings just, you know, through other teammates, um, having, you know, a couple guys in the NBA – I had heard that coach B was interested in, in pursuing the NBA. And I felt like he was fairly open about that wanting to finish his career in the NBA, given that he'd done everything at every level. I mean, this is a guy who started as, as a JV coach, JV high school basketball coach. He's had success everywhere he's went. So it's like, it's hard to blame him. You know, yeah. you get a chance to, to go coach in the association at the Mecca. Um, and obviously it didn't work out as he planned, but still, I feel like it'd be one of those things he'd kind of be kicking himself if he at least never tried. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I thought once he turned down the Pistons job, I thought, okay, he's, and he kind of even made the comment that like Michigan was where he was going to stay. So he, I think a lot of us who, you know, follow Michigan, root for Michigan, kind of got relaxed and thinking, okay, we've got him now for, yeah. for his career. Boom. Boom. <laughs> exactly. Cleveland out of, came out of nowhere. And unfortunately, like you mentioned, it didn't work out. And, yeah, you know, part of that, I don't think is necessarily his fault. I think it was the fit and, you know, the for sure. of uh, Cavs and the NBA. And, you know, if he 
you know, if he goes to the Lakers, it could be a whole different story because he's got you're coaching LeBron James. Yeah, you just let LeBron coach and you're good. <laughs> right. He'll you make you look real good. Right. So, but, you know, fortunately for, you know, Michigan, it's, it's worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, seamless transition to Coach Howard. Talk about what, he, about what he's the job he's doing up there. Yeah, he's done a great job. Um, I mean, he's, you know, winning Coach of the Year awards back in the Sweet 16, his first year in the tournament. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I got to give him a ton of credit. I don't know Coach Howard, you know, super well. I've only met him a few times, and he's been great. I know everybody loves him at the program. Um, I'll say this. I knew, you know, just based on his name and, and what he's done, I was like, he's going to be able to recruit, you know, and he seems like a cool dude, so I'm sure he's going to be able to motivate and inspire guys. They're going to love him, which it, all that's true. But I think the big question was, like, how's he going to be, you know, coaching X's and O's, in-game adjustments, and – I think he's been great. You know, he's done some really, really good things. Um, you know, I mentioned the other day when they beat Florida State, I thought he, he made some huge adjustments in that first half, switching up some defensive alignments, things like that. Um, you know, and he, he's been he's been super impressive. And I know a lot of people are holding it over his head like, oh, he's he's young. He's new to the business. Like that dude was with the Heat for 20 years. You know, <laughs> he's been under Pat Riley's poster. Like he knows his stuff um, and it's showing, you know, he's got them. He's got them dudes in Ann Arbor rolling. Yeah. So it's been fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, game over LSU. I think you said Florida State played VLC. They played Florida State. LSU, next. my bad. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. Similar uh, styles. I'm throwing my bad. There you go. Uh, yeah, but yes, yeah, a huge game uh, coming up Sunday. And, you know, he did a good job of, I think, surrounding himself with – and you, you bring in Phil, Mat Phil Martelli as your, you know, assistant coach, and then an up-and-coming guy, Howard Isley. And then, of course, I thought it was key keeping Sadie on staff. I think having a holdover from the previous staff, I think, was a, a huge and can't be – you know, understanding yeah. enough, so. no, you're no doubt. I mean, how many programs can say they've got a dude like Phil Martelli, who's got 40 years of head coaching experience, whatever it is, you know, I um, mean, kudos to Juwan for, you know, putting his ego aside and hiring a guy like that. Yeah. Cause a lot of head coaches wouldn't, you know? Yeah. No kidding. Uh, to stay on the Michigan here, train for just a few more minutes. The uh, watching the big 10 tournament, were you surprised by what happened when that Maryland game uh, with coach Turgeon? Um, I don't know if I was surprised. Um, I still don't know what happened. You know, I, I whatever they said in the media, Turgeon pointing at him and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I loved it, you know, um, especially if I was a former player and I see my coach getting fired up like that. Um, and I thought they responded great. You know, I think that's part of that's part of, you know, college basketball and, the, you know, the competitive nature. Um, you know, I, I got to laugh. I was like. I mean, Juwan's a big dude coming at you. So if I was Turgeon, I'd be careful. Um, but yeah, I thought the guys responded great. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and, and, and like Phil Martelli said, it's March, man. Like this is the stuff that happens. Like, you know, you're competing for championships, um, you know, and whatever he, he did said, he got the team fired up. They rallied behind him and, and they went on a big run shortly after. Yeah, no kidding. I was hoping Maryland would keep winning in the NCAA tournament because then we could have faced him again <laughs> <laughs> for the right to the final four. That would have been. That would be incredible instead of having to wait to next year to see that, mm -hmm. that matchup again. Yeah. Man. Well, yeah, hopefully they keep that uh, run going there. Uh, I mean, the future of that program is obviously very bright. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, we can jump back to Purdue. The future of the Purdue program is uh, extremely bright, too. I mean, talk about, uh, you know, just the state of the program there in West Lafayette. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited, and I, I hope fans are, too. Um you know, I know everyone and myself, and I'm, I can only imagine the players and coaches. 
you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone's really disappointed with the finish and, and losing to North Texas. But like, I think about Purdue where they're at, at the beginning of the season. You know, I just remember thinking, I was like, man, I, this, I was like, I'm, I'm a little worried they might not make the tournament. You know, they were struggling early on non-conference and I know they had some injuries, but I think they far exceeded expectations. I thought Payne did a great job, get a four seed in the Big Ten, which is loaded. They got the double bye. Um, so, and, and, and now you got everyone coming back. The recruits we got coming in are crazy. Um, I think it's the next couple of years, they've got a chance to be really special and, you know, not just make noise in the Big Ten, but make some national noise. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd love to see them get back in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight. And um, I think these next couple of years, they're going to have the talent um, to make a to make a run at the, fi- the Final Four. You know, if you get to the Final Four, anything's possible. Right. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited. And I, I try to keep perspective after Friday night because – Obviously, sure. no disappointing in the moment to lose. And, of course, losing to a 13 is never, never good either, especially a team that ends up getting walloped two days later, you know. But, yeah. you know, like you said, at the beginning of the season, you know, expectations were lower. It didn't even look like, you know, the, the tournament was a question. So just yeah. to get to a four seed, you know, I think was an incredible feat. And, you know, again, going back to the excitement, you know, every, you know, obviously Aaron uh, Wheeler's now entered the transfer portal, but um, – Otherwise, everybody else coming back, you bring in, you know, Caleb first and Trey Kaufman, Ren. Of course, I love Aaron Wheeler. And, you know, I think he'll be missed, especially for some of the stuff we don't see, maybe practice or locker room stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, reality is he probably wasn't going to play a lot last year. So it's not, you know, again, I'm bummed to see him leave, but it's, at least it's not a detrimental loss like Trevion leaving. Yeah. You know, so you bring in guys who are probably going to get those minutes anyway. I can't wait. And I'm be interested as long as Travion and everybody else comes back, I'll be interested to see. Well, yeah, exactly. yeah. Don't you dare say that. <laughs> Don't even plant that seed. Those guys right. are coming back. Right. Come on. What the, um, you know, what, what the big 10 preseason ranking is, or even the, you know, yeah. top 25 preseason ranking is that, of course, yeah. as the older, as I get, that stuff means less to me. And it's all about just going out there and proving yourself. So for sure. But, yeah. I'm with you. And I think both Michigan and Purdue are prime examples of that. They weren't ranked in the preseason and both in the big 10 nationally. So like, that's great. And that's great for like the fans and recruiting and buzz. But like at the end of the day, like, what are you going to do with it? You know, go win some games and you know, it ain't about where you start. It's about where you finish. So. Yeah. It'll be exciting. I I can't wait. I I love college basketball so much. I can't wait for, for next fall already. And hopefully, you know, what will become a more normal, uh, life again hopefully so we can hopefully see the buzz around Mackey arena and just fans especially you bring that class back to bring that whole group back yeah get them, you know missed out on watching them play this year and, and you gotta you gotta imagine Jay Ivey's only gonna get better and, and watch out big 10 <laughs> yeah Jaden Ivey and Travion and that inside outside combo would just be deadly and then of course we haven't even mentioned them yet your boy Sasha also from Crown you know, Serbian sensation, oh baby. My gosh. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you, 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 you have that mix of, and again, Eric Hunter, I mean, it's just a, a solid, a group of guys and you got shooters, penetrators, finishers. And then of course, two, two, two of the big best postmen in the, in the conference yeah. here in Travion and, you know, especially if Edie gets even better. So, I mean, absolutely. It's a, it's, you know, and, and they all get another year of experience under their belt get a little older game starts to slow down um because i felt like that kind of showed a little bit in in that that tournament game like we looked at times i felt like we looked like the younger team um 
but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super optimistic about the, the future of Purdue basketball. And um, I know, I know coach Payne's going to do a great job with, with this group of guys. We've got some really good players coming in. So I think the future is really bright and yeah. um, you know, if they work hard and stick together, they got a chance to, uh, to do some special things in the next couple of years. Yeah, and you mentioned that the struggles at the beginning of the season and expectations, I think, at the beginning of the season were pretty low. You lose <clears throat> two guys who you thought you were going to be your senior leaders in Nogel and, and uh, Matt Harms. And, you know, I was, you know, disappointing, but maybe it, in the long run, it was addition by subtraction. And you look at the success they had this year and all those young guys that ended up getting the playing mm -hmm. time. Zach Eady probably doesn't play at all, maybe a little bit, if Matt Harms is still there and then um, – you know, who knows with no gel, you know, how much, I mean, obviously Ivy, I think still gets a playing time, but who knows some of the other Brandon Newman or those guys who knows. So can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I hear it's exciting times in West Lafayette. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you know, before we wrap up, I want to talk about some, a couple other things. You, I, if my count is, serves me correctly, you've played with a lot of great talent <laughs> between the two schools. If I counted right, 15 guys who have played at least one game in the NBA or at least been on an NBA roster if my count is correct, just talk about some of those guys. And I don't, you don't have to necessarily single out everyone or whatever, not feel bad about leaving somebody off, but just talk about some of those guys you've played with. Yeah. A lot, a lot of really, really talented players. Um, I'll just a couple from, you know, from both Michigan and Purdue. Um, obviously my freshman year, those guys, Trey Burke, Timmy Hardaway. Um, I still tell people all the time, Trey's the best player I've ever played against in college. He just happened to be on my team. I practice against him every day. Um, so he was phenomenal. Um, you know, and, and look what Karis LeVert, I mean, he was the fifth player to sign in my class, just signed a $55 million contract, you know, um, Pacer fans are going to love him too. Once he's healthy and up and rolling, I'm excited for him. Um, you know, big Mitch might've been the most talented of everybody, you know, but basketball wasn't for him. Um, and then, I mean, over at Purdue, we got, we got Carson, Biggie, um, Dakota got in there a little bit this year. I was excited for him. I hope he gets another opportunity. Um, you know, Carson, what he was doing as a freshman at Purdue, I remember seeing him in open gyms. I was like a 27 year old senior and here, here's this freshman walking in 18 years old. I was like, Hey, this kid's different. I was like, he's really good. Like, and I had been around some talented players at Michigan, but um, his ability to score to basketball is craziest. And, um, you know, I'm glad people got to see that his junior year at Purdue, especially in the NCAA tournament for him to shine the way he did was, was awesome. Yeah, I thought that did him justice too, because he, you know, he struggled shooting a little bit. That's yeah, I think expectations for him were maybe too high uh, that his junior year, I think it was. And um, he struggled shooting throughout the season. I know there's people on social media, which, you know, social media can obviously be a, a really bad thing. Uh, we're just on him too hard, you know, and then, yeah, a, a fan is disappointing when he's taking a lot of shots and missing, but you know, obviously never pile a guy, <laughs> pile on a guy. And say, I promise you, I promise you those same fans were loving him in that Virginia and Tennessee game. Exactly. But so, yeah, it was great to see him in the Tennessee and Virginia game, just kind of no doubt to, for all the payoff. And it, that was a magical run that unfortunately ended uh, well too, <laughs> a little too soon, but yeah. Oh, don't even start it. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just trying to think you gotta, you gotta give a little shout out to, uh, to Duncan Robinson from, from Michigan, you know, who would have thought, right? Who would have thought, right? To starter in the NBA. I mean, starter playing in the finals, probably going to make a hundred million dollars, you know, just, just for shooting the basketball yeah. in a circular rim. It's incredible. It's been awesome watching him too. He's yeah. such a great guy. Yeah. To see him work his way up. And I saw a cool uh, article last year or whatever about, you know, when he first got to Miami and how 
I think shy and timid he was. He like that uh, coach Ultra had to like yell at him to take yeah. shots because he was just, just deferring to everybody. And man, it's yeah. he he was the same way at Michigan. Like when he first got there, it was like we would just tell him, Duncan, every time you touch the ball, if you could see the rim, shoot it. Yeah, just shoot it because it's like, dude, you, <laughs> I love you, but you can't do anything else. So it's like, just shoot it. Like <laughs> you just shooting the ball is gonna like draw people closer to you, and it opens up the game for everybody else. Yeah. Um, but it's he's he's the best shooter I've ever like personally been around or seen you know and he lives in the gym um so I'm so glad to see his hard work paying off because he is a great dude and um, his family they're really good people so um, he deserves all the success coming his way sure and I think it's a shame that Dakota's not in the league right now I think you know this I obviously don't know everything that goes on but I thought the Sixers did him wrong you know he hits a game-winning shot and then the next week he gets cut I mean again it doesn't make sense to us from the outside there's you know again I don't know everything but the guy should be in the league. It's cutthroat. I'm with you. It's, you know, I was texting with him the other day. Um, I know he's still hoping there's an opportunity coming. So, um, you know, Dakota's just type of kid. He's, he's, he's a winner, you know, like he's no matter what level he's had success. He's, you know, and the fact that he can defend as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately, I think he'll get an opportunity, hopefully, you know, if not this year, next year, um, but he's going to keep working at it and, and hopefully something will pop for him. Yeah. We're getting to that point of the season where, 10 day contracts start happening. So hopefully someone give him a chance and he'll yeah. prove it. Love to have him here at the Pacers, but they have like 800 guards on the roster already. So I know. room for him here. But I'm also, uh, I'm a big Phoenix Suns fan. So love okay. to have him out there. You know, you just sit out in the corner and wait for Chris Paul to kick you the ball and just knock down corner threes. We could yeah. take that all day. So for sure. Chris Paul's been awesome this year, by the way. Yeah. It's been fun watching the Suns actually be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one guy we haven't talked about, of course, because he didn't play in the NBA, but probably the, the the teammate you've played with that I admire the most is Austin Hatch. Talk, talk about, you know, from your perspective, Austin's story and just getting to be a teammate of his and, and, and be a friend of his and just kind of follow that, uh, his his progress through everything he had to go through. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, Austin's story and just his his resiliency um, to to overcome what – you know, what he had to go through with those plane crashes. Um, but the thing, the thing that I admire most about Austin um, is, is his outlook on life and his perspective, you know, like I just, his maturity about, um, you know, his entire situation, the way he lives his life on a day-to-day basis. Um, I got so much respect and admiration for him for what he's had to go through, um, but how he's been able to capitalize on like, you know, put a positive spin on that. Um, and now he's, you know, he's, he's sharing with others, his story and his journey and empowering other people. Um, he's doing motivational speaking. Um, and I give him crap all the time. Cause I, I love Austin. I hosted him on his visit being an Indiana kid. We were so happy to have him at the university of Michigan. Um, but people don't, people don't realize Austin was a bad dude in high school. Um, you know, he would have, he would have been a tremendous college player. Um, you know, but he was able to impact our team and our program in um, in much larger ways than than just what he could do on a basketball court. You know, during his time there at the University of Michigan. Um, and if if you don't know Austin Hatch's story, you, you got to Google it. And there's a there's a Sports Center you know feature and whatever it is because um, it, it's truly incredible. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a young man that if anybody ever gets a chance to talk to um, or meet, you know, you'll you'll be a much better person because of it. Yeah. 
no kidding. Yeah, check it out. If you're listening to this podcast right now and don't know who he is, you got to go look up his story. I mean, the way his faith has carried him through all of this. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, out doing motivational speaking now. And I mean, he's, he's speaking to like companies, like CEOs and stuff like that. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's incredible. And that, another case of, you know, going back to Beeline, doing, you know, Beeline doing the right thing and honoring that, that scholarship and then even getting him in uh, in some games. And I remember how emotional it was when he, he made that free throw and got in the yeah. game. That was, it's an incredible story, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. As we're kind of wrapping up here, you know, I, I, I think you're the perfect fit for this. I don't know if it's something you're interested in or uh, even something on the horizon, but the, the TBT tournament, I don't know how closely you follow that. Of course, Purdue formed their team last year, the men of Mackey. Is that yeah. something you have any interest in doing or have looked into at all or been asked about at all? Yeah. You know what? Believe, believe it or not, I was actually, I was going to help coach it last year um with with ryan um you know i was talking with the guy who was running it i was going to help out but then i ended up taking the grad assistant job at louisville um and it just kind of coincided and then with coronavirus it was just a total mess like you know they had to go stay somewhere for like three weeks yeah quarantine i was like i just i couldn't swing it um but that's definitely something something i'm interested in obviously got to see how how things play out here in the next few months um but it would definitely be on on the coaching side. My playing days are are over. I could okay. uh yeah, I'm I'm no good anymore. Not that well, I ever was any good, but oh. you know. well, I don't believe that. I bet you could still run the point. Yeah. That's all so. I could shoot it if no one's guarding me. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> are you surprised there's not a, a Michigan TBT team? I am. You know, and, and I've had people reach out to me about it um the past couple years. Um, because we got a lot of guys who you know, you think would want to want to get involved, you know, because especially as the TBT is starting to grow, mm-hmm. um, it's incredible talent. But there's also some serious coin to be won, you know, exactly. um, you know, there's a there's some some really good players who you, you're looking for guys in that, you know, the dudes who've been overseas or flirting with like the G League. Obviously, I'm, you can't you can't have NBA guys, but uh, Michigan has a handful of, of guys who you know can still really play and are relatively young. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if they get a team going here in the next year or so. That'd be cool. Awesome. Hey, Spike, I am so grateful for your time today. I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you got things to do. So, but man, Hey, thank you so much for uh, yeah. on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you. Boiler up, dude. Yeah. Boiler up. Take care, man. All righty. I'll see you. Right. A reminder, you can follow the full steam ahead podcast on Twitter at full steam pod. And you can always listen to like comment, Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.